Well, today I want to talk about one of the blocks to hearing from God. And one of the blocks to hearing from God is forgiveness or unforgiveness. So I have this body, I have this body, I have this drawing. This is a metaphor, uh, a metaphor for our spirit, our soul, and our body. The, we have the spirit, which as we recall, Ephesians 1.13, the Holy Spirit is sealed within us. So even if we sin, our spirit doesn't change. If we have received Jesus, if we have invited the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to live within us, they won't leave when we sin. Our behavior and our words don't send them away. We are, in the words of Ephesians 1.13, the Holy Spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. So as I, as I explain this drawing, it is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. You can't see it. We can't feel the Spirit, typically. And the soul, which is defined as the mind, the will, and the emotions. The will could also be called the heart. Heart is a bit of a confusing term in the scriptures, but a lot of times it has to do with the will or your desire. The, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Your logic, the will of things that you really desire. And then your emotions. And I have the emotions here in the gut because our gut is very sensitive to what we want. We have actually a brain in our gut, a lot of neurological tissue there that sends more signals to the brain than the brain actually sends to the gut. A lot of signals going this way, both from the gut and from the heart. What is in your spirit? We've been talking about how do we get more of our spirit into our soul? How, how does this work? And I mentioned that my idea from what the scripture says is that as we meditate on the Word of God, as we review His words, what He says, essentially it's like a little valve here. And we can open the valve, we can open the valve here and allow this Spirit to come through into our soul. The more we meditate, the more we think about it, the more our mind, the way we deal with logic, our emotions, the way we're even dealing with fear this week, has a lot to do with how much of the Spirit, how much of the Word of God are we reviewing. If you're not reviewing much and you focus on the television and the your neighbors or whatever people are complaining about, your emotions are going to be different than if you're focused on what the Word of God says and you're continually reminding yourself, well, this is what God's Word says, especially if it goes against your feeling of fear, of panic, of dread, say, wait a minute, let's read Psalm 91 again. It says that no plague is going to come near my tent. And then what is in your soul? We previously talked about whatever is in the soul overflows into the body. If you are full of anxiety, fear produces the chemical cortisol from your adrenal glands. The, the signal is sent from your brain to your adrenal glands producing cortisol and adrenaline. Adrenaline speeds up your heart. Also, adrenaline also can affect your gut. 
That's why the digestion typically will be affected. But the cortisol suppresses your immune system. And that is going to affect your body negatively. You're going to be more susceptible to picking up a cold. Your immune system actually is supposed to take out the cancer cells in your body. It's supposed to repair the blood vessels all through your body. It's, the immune system is created by God to do amazing things. And as we, if we live in fear and we focus our mind on fearful things and we continually bathe ourselves in it, it will affect our bodies. So I recommend turning off the news. I, I, we don't watch the news. We don't have our TV hooked up. So I, I recommend, somebody else told me they did that recently. I think it's a good idea. When we hear from God, most of the people that hear from God don't necessarily hear in an audible voice. We, we'd like to. It's very clear that way, but most of us actually hear, it sounds like our own thoughts. It just isn't really something that you would have thought of. Why would that make sense? Well, it would make sense because the Spirit of God actually lives in you. The Spirit is going to manifest itself or come through your mind, through your soul, and into your mind. And since God lives within you, it may sound like an audible voice, it may not. But he's in you, and so he can use your mind to communicate with you. How do we pick up those signals from him and decide what is God and what isn't? Would God really speak to me? Well, in fact, he, he, I believe he's speaking all the time. It's just that our receivers are not necessarily pointing in the right direction. Right now we're receiving a lot of things from the news because all that fear makes us feel alive. It suppresses our immune system, but it also makes us feel like we're living, unfortunately. The verse Proverbs 18, 20, by the fruit of a man's lips, his stomach will be satisfied. By the fruit of a man's lips, his stomach will be satisfied. Your words actually do control how your stomach responds. I don't believe that's just a cliche. I think that very much as I have changed my speech, blessing people, not reviewing negativity, uh, I can tell my digestion has improved. And whenever it gets a little um, tense or tied up or I can tell something's not right in my GI system, I check what, am I been, what have I been thinking and what have I been saying? Am I angry with someone? Is there someone in my life, friends or family, who are bothering me, a relationship that's not working well? Have I not spent enough time with God recently so that he's feeling distant, so I'm starting to feel more fearful? So we can check. Often our heart and our gut is going to be the first place we're going to feel fear, and it should cause us to start looking for where is this coming from so that I can change. Okay, let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about how an offense occurs. There is somebody in your life, and this is a person in your life, who, let's say you have something and he's, or she has taken something from you and added it to them. And now there's, for you, there's a negative. You have a loss. Uh, maybe it was money. 
And then perhaps more importantly than the loss, what message did you, what message did you receive in your mind, in your will, and your emotions? Typically, let's say someone borrowed money from you. Uh, it was a friend. You had a good relationship with them. The time goes back when they said they would pay us. It seems to become more obvious that they're not going to repay us. So we have a negative, and they seem to have a positive. Now, it's more than just the money, though, isn't it? If you think about it, there's something about uh, it registers to you as negative in a couple of things. First of all, in your mind, how often do you think about that? A lot. Depending on who they are, you are always sort of looking <laughs> over here and you are thinking a lot about that, which is actually, I'm going to put this as a negative. It's a negative in your mind. You are reviewing, some would call it ruminating. It's meditation. You actually are meditating. God says we're supposed to meditate. We're all actually very good at it. Because we all worry, we're all anxious, and we all ruminate, especially when people hurt us. By the way, where is this person looking? He's probably looking somewhere else. Doesn't seem to be very affected by it, and that even bothers you more. You lost more than the money here. I want you to think about what, what did you lose? Trust, okay. You actually, it actually affected the relationship. You had a relationship which was good enough for you to loan the money. It's no longer that. So there's, there's a, another, you've got another loss here. You've got a loss of a relationship. Your desire, your will, let's say here, I, I put it as a little cartoon caption, is that that money is going to come back to you, and that's what you ruminate on. You think about it all the time. That's supposed to come back to me. And if it goes on long enough, or it says they, if, it, if it appears that they don't care, or that you just saw them now buy a new car, you, and you understand what? They actually have the money. And that's, so something now happens to your value. And we're all quite sensitive to that. You've got a negative in the value category. So now you might even be thinking, I hope I'm going to send some negative over to them. Very, very common. I hope, I hope they crash that car. I, I hope that, that their um, credit runs out. I hope, whatever you, you know, I hope that they are unsuccessful. This is also very common. We start imagining what we want, and then this is actually called vengeance. Let's put a V right here. It's called vengeance. As time goes on, what else is affected now? You're thinking about this all the time. You saw them drive the new car by your house. In fact, they might even live down the street from you, so you can see it where it's parked. How are you sleeping? So now it's actually starting to affect your body, isn't it? We've got a negative over here. Your desires, your will, now your desires are for harm to come to them, so your desires are sort of taken over by 
making sure this person doesn't prosper. And your emotions are also typically negative. You are emotionally wound up focusing all the time on this person and you're actually no longer smiling. This, this scenario has taken over your life. By the way, as you're not sleeping, what else might happen to your body? You're getting sick. You got another negative here. So a lot of negative things are happening and they don't seem to be bothered at all. They seem to actually be prospering. Uh, don't seem to care. And every time you see them, you are reminded that you, here's one of those messages we get, I don't matter. I don't matter. I'm not good enough to be paid back. I don't seem to matter. Some of those messages we actually received in our childhood. And it's what we call implicit memory. We don't even remember, but we believed that one or both of our parents should have paid more attention to us, but they were busy. But as a child, the perception, I don't matter. They only have time to yell at me, to correct me, to discipline me. They don't actually want to understand me. My feelings don't matter. The relationship doesn't matter. All that matters is what's important to them. So God says, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. You can see why it's so difficult. We've set up the scenario, and you understand why this is difficult, why we're actually going to be climbing a mountain here. I'm supposed to now give them a gift of forgiveness. And where's... I've got all negatives here. Where is that gift going to come from? God. It's going to come from God. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. The gift is going to come from God. You can forgive as an act of the will. You can forgive as an act of the will. And for many years, that is how I forgave. Jesus said we're actually supposed to forgive from the heart. So he's actually talking about something a little bit different. He's talking about, you can forgive from the will. Let's talk about that first, because that's the basic level. The basic level is to say, I forgive this person. You can declare forgiveness for them. The problem is that tends to come back fairly quickly. Every time you see that car, guess what? You're, you're back. It's right on you again. You have to forgive again and again. How dare you treat me this way? problem, the closer this person is to you, the worse this hurts. Family, children, parents, very, siblings, very, very painful. So painful that it will take over your mind, will, and emotions, and it will overflow into your body, and it will ruin your relationships, your marriage, or whatever it is. Your, your anger at this person will destroy, it will attract negativity to everything. So we have to forgive. We can do it just for our own health. That's one reasonable way to do it. And a, a good reason to do it is for your health. Uh, you can do it for your emotional health. I believe that a lot of people with mental health issues 
are very angry people. And anger, we put an A here somewhere, and anger is stored in the body. It also secretes adrenaline and cortisol, suppresses your immune system, keeps you from sleeping. I believe that a lot of people in our society are very, very angry. A lot of us are very, very angry. And we've learned to be nice, we've learned to smile, but somewhere on the inside, when something like this happens, it triggers that anger from childhood, so it's very deep, you can't even figure out where it's coming from, and there's an explosion. That's why we have road rage. Road rage has really nothing to do with the fact that the traffic is bad and someone cut somebody off. The fact that you were cut off in traffic says to you a message. You don't matter. You're just here to let me in. You, you, you don't matter. And when you have received that enough during the day and you're on your way home, the boss seemed to communicate that, someone at work communicated that, and now someone in traffic communicates that you don't matter. That's when people are pulling out their handguns and shooting people. It wasn't the traffic. It was the message, it was the interpretation of that situation. And probably because in their life they probably have something like this going on. Most of us do. And so one more person that we don't even know, maybe in a sports car, who tells us, who cuts us off and, and seemingly communicates, we don't matter, that triggers all of this road rage. So we're not actually thinking about, well, that person, maybe they're on the way to the hospital. Maybe they're, you know, we, we, we come up with a scenario that fits the worst possible scenario that we don't matter. Instead of the best possible scenario, look, they're late for a meeting, they're in a hurry. I certainly like people to be kind and let me in when I'm in a hurry. But the message that we're taking is negative. Okay, we want to learn to forgive. So we can forgive as an act of the will because God says we should. What are some aids that can help us to forgive? Is there a model, a very good model of forgiveness in the Bible? Is there someone that we know? The Lord's Prayer is a good one. Jesus himself, excellent model of forgiveness. On the cross, thank you, Sharon. On the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Okay, you know from my class, I like to think through these things. It seemed to me like they knew exactly what they were doing. They had hammers, they had nails, they knew exactly what they were doing. The people who turned him in, they knew what they were doing. They're getting rid of him. What is he saying they don't really know what they're doing? In the spiritual realm, people have no idea what they're doing. They're only looking materially. And that's why we're here learning about the spiritual, because the spiritual is going to affect what we're doing here. It seems very material. I see that car and it bothers me. Or whatever the devaluation is for you. Every time I see their name, every time I see an email from that person, something in my heart sort of twists. And I, it has the power, if I'm having a good day, it has the power to take that away and give me a bad day. 
It has the power to affect my mood, my mind, my will, and my emotions. God does not want anything controlling us. This person is now linked to us as with a chain. You think that you're controlling them as you want bad things to happen to them? You are bound to them. Every time you see them, especially if they're smiling or if they got a promotion, it just affects you. You are so incensed. Why? Because you interpret every, all of their success now is affecting you negatively. So in order to break this chain, we have to forgive. 